When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Everybody and welcome to Mr. Bunker's Conspiracy Time podcast. A podcast about two skeptics forced to dive into the world of conspiracy theories, paranormal activity, and all things bizarre. As always, I'm your co-host Arthur Stone, and with me, as always, is your co-host Andy Hart. Ready to dive in, Art? I'm wearing my wetsuit. <laughs> and not before really, this folks, podcast started, really, you said that uh, you're here to eat ass and podcast, and I've already done a podcast. <laughs> So watch out. Oh, no. Listeners, uh, speaking of eating ass, we're going to be eating the biggest asshole, the biggest hole in the universe. We're talking about the Bootes Void. Bootes. Bootes Void. Listeners, I'm going to apologize right off the top. I'm never going to be able to pronounce this correctly. I can barely pronounce most common words correctly. Art's barely literate. (laughs) Listeners. Yeah, his functional grasp of the English language is tenuous, <laughs> at best. It's true. I don't deny it. I can't pretend. Uh, I thought you were the one. Um, Boates void. Boates. 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 Booties. It's Greek. Booties. Boates. Uh, we're talking about the bo- booties. <laughs> ah, fuck. Now I'm in my head. Oh boy. <laughs> Boates. Talking about the Bodie's void. Well, you're only gonna have to say it about eight thousand uh, more times. Great. So, well, anyway, plenty of practice coming your it way. It is uh, really fun. This is a fun science episode. This is a fun space themed episode. There's aliens. Uh, if you enjoyed our episode on simulation theory, there's some fun discussion there. Mm-hmm. I think we're gonna have, and mm-hmm. um, it's just a, a big cosmic discussion. So, uh, get ready, listeners, to. Uh, to to eat some of that of the universe's biggest asshole, the big <laughs> yummy, big blank asshole in the sky. Um, but first, but first, but first, yeah, that's how you do it. You got to eat it, but first, yeah. We're gonna talk about everyone's favorite topic: how we got captured and taken to the bunker this week. Oh boy! Every week, listeners, you Every know the week, song and dance. Fooled. Sixteen weeks in a row, this guy has gotten us, and we haven't done a damn thing about it. Mm. And neither have you, listeners. So, uh, <laughs> frankly, this is more your fault than ours. At this I mean, point. you've been listening. You know, <laughs> you're you're accomplices at this point. Sins you, of omission. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You're there's blood on your hands. Um, yeah, wash that blood off. I know. I've Where got open sores. <laughs> Andy has the stigmata. Um. <laughs> Speaking of stigmata, Andy, you don't know this about me. In fact, nobody knows this about me right now. Buckle up, um, I am high on opium. What? Yeah, dude. I am high on opium. 
poppy seeds. Yeah, you're right. To be frank. Because I ingested earlier a poppy lemon poppy seed muffin. Oh, you ate a lemon poppy seed muffin. Yeah, Andy. You didn't like inject poppy seeds into your bloodstream. No, Andy. <laughs> I don't like needles that much. Mm. I don't like them in my arms. I can do them anywhere else. So if you can inject up, heroin listeners. into your butt, let me fucking know. You can do it if you want. Can you? Sure. Really, as long as it gets into your bloodstream, right? You can inject it anywhere. I don't know the difference in how it behaves, but... Regardless, Andy, I've got that got that opium running through my blood. Poppy seeds, baby. A lemon poppy seed muffin, Andy. It looks so good. And you know how much I love lemon treats. Everyone does. Who well, doesn't love everybody. a lemon? No, that's not true at all. A lot of people... Lemon tree, very pretty, but the lemon flower is sweet. Um, okay. Beach Boys or Henry Nielsen? Oh, no, that's, uh, first of all, Harry Nielsen. And uh, second of all, uh, I'm specifically referencing Peter, Paul, and Mary there. Ah, great man. Great, great vocals. Man. Good harmonies. Yeah. You love harmonies. Andy, I was, uh, I was in harmony as well. Eating this delicious poppy seed, lemon poppy seed muffin, which was just left out on my counter. And I thought, oh, I thought maybe, you know, my, my, uh, my wonderful, uh, my wonderful girlfriend, the love of my life, besides, wow, a love of lemon poppy seed. Oh, um, she's always second place to lemon poppy seed muffins. (laughs) No, no, no. Uh, Andy and I both love our significant others very much even if we struggle and are incapable of showing any emotion other than fear and anger i'm a bad husband (laughs) but god bless me i try (laughs) we're incapable of accessing emotions because we came from the midwest i'm polite though (laughs) we're polite as hell but we cannot express love (laughs) anyway i thought that this was a treat left for me by my um, my wonderful SO, my wonderful GF. Um, and so I ingested it wholeheartedly and I enjoyed it with a nice, delicious, warm cup of green tea out of my mug that has a Nas quote on it for some reason. The quote says, I never sleep because sleep is the cousin of death, hmm. which I subs- don't subscribe to at all. I love sleep. No. <laughs> And I don't work very hard. Yeah. Anyway, I ingested this muffin wholeheartedly and I must have fallen asleep and passed out due to the bliss and I woke up here. Oh. Yeah. Must have been bunker. Drugged muffin? Must have had a little bit more of the poppy seed than the lemon. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Tasted Mm -hmm. great. Yeah. So I'm starting to think that maybe Mr. Bunker is Mr. Baker because this guy must have made a delicious... You got to try one of these muffins, Andy. I don't think I want to. Uh, I mean, I think it's worth it. I don't want to lose my consciousness. It's so good. It was delicious. I was in. Uh, I was up. In, I was up in the stars. I was up in the Butez Void, Boatis, Boatis Void, um, floating around, um, in bliss with the delicious tartness of the lemon. The it was sweet. It was buttery. It was, uh, you know, it was great. Wow. I mean, you got to stop sitting down here and just eating all the dry food that he keeps. You know, you got to ask him to make you a little something. Mm, okay. I'll think about it. But that was me, Andy. How about you? 
Well, my abduction also involves a treat. Ah! Um, it, what a treat it is to be down here with you. Yes, it is a delight. Um, <laughs> I uh, was outside this morning walking along the street, and, okay. um, you know, it's summertime here in Chicago, so yep. the ice cream peddlers are out with their carts. Those damn buskers. Those <laughs> palatus man. Uh, going around with their ice cream, fiends of frozen wonder. And you know, it's like it's like a big refrigerated, like cooler cart. I wouldn't say it's refrigerated; it's just like an ice chest, um, on the front of like a bicycle. Yeah, and they just typically bells. Um, typically, the chassis of the whatever houses the yeah the Yeti cooler type thing. Yeah. Is covered in pictures and depictions of the various of the ice cream treats that, they that sell. lie inside. Yeah. Um, so prices. I, you know, <clears throat> today it was like it was warm out, the sun is shining, and I was like, you know what? Well, ice cream treat doesn't sound so bad. Well, ice cream treat doesn't sound so bad. And you know what? I'm a sucker. You're for, being a little naughty. I'm a sucker for nostalgia in the sense that. Uh, if you try to give me ice cream in the shape of a ninja turtle head with gumball <laughs> eyes, sure, I'm gonna eat it. I'm not gonna so say no. I said, excuse me, sir, I will take a Raphael, my favorite ninja turtle. Wow, cool, good choice. And um, he uh, he says, sure. He opens up the uh, the case, you know, from back of the bicycle. He's like, he opens up the lid, and he says, they're right. They're right in there. You just reach in and get them. And so... Like Pandora's box. Mm-hmm. So I think you see where this is going. I'm like, fine, I can reach and get it. and Do it uh, myself. I'm a Midwestern I guy. See the, I see the box there. I reach in and I grab it and, you know, it grabs back at me. And I get pulled into the cooler. And you know what? That freaking guy on the bicycle wasn't even real. It's all part of the costume. Bunkers down in the in the cooler part of it, uh, in the ice cream. And he's got all these like levers and stuff. This is just a complicated puppet. He's a puppet master. Yeah. So then we, he, the puppet pedal, somebody call Metallica because this guy's ripping off your whole thing. (laughs) Some, yeah. Somebody Somebody call call Lars Lars Ulrich. Quit stealing his music on Napster. Lars Ulrich. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Man, he man, he got you. Lars, if you're listening, we don't have permission to use your name. <laughs> oh boy. And James Hetfield, if you're listening, Saint Anger was the best Metallica album of all time. You ever seen online the mashup between James Hetfield and Garfield? Oh my god, I don't think I have. Did he didn't he tweet like quit sending me this shit? No, that's what people are sending him pictures of PC Principal. Oh, and saying you look like him, and yeah, people are like, that's "Quit sending me this shit." Uh, yeah. Uh, I think it's just like Hetfield the cat. Yeah. Uh, wow. it's a thing. Look it up. It's funny. We'll look it up. Maybe we'll put in a little bit. Anyway. Anyway. Um. Yeah. So that's how I got here. Wow. We both got. But it was a cool ride. Yeah, I mean, wasn't too hot. Nice and air conditioned. Uh, he let me have some of the ice cream. Really? Yeah. What'd your go-to? I got the Raphael. You got the Raphael. Then I had a little Heath Bar thing. Did you get a Choco Taco? 
Oh no! Yeah, choco taco guy. They didn't have. He didn't have those. Uh, I love choco taco. They got a choco taco. I'll eat it. Really? I love choco tacos. I don't think I've ever had a choco taco. What? Yeah, I wasn't big on the ice cream truck guy. Like my parents would never yes. let me go get ice cream from them. I used to eat choco tacos in college. That's the first time I ever had one. I think. Oh. You're like, what the fuck? Where's the ground beef? It's like, I was thinking this was like a mole. Taco with mole. Man, Where's all the chicken and stuff? That's a mole. When the moon hits your eye like a big pizza pie. When the moon hits your eye like a complicated sauce, that's a mole. Like a complex sauce. <laughs> that's a mole. Um, wow. We both got cornered by treats. Mm. It will be our downfall. Yeah. Speaking of treats, today's episode, oh. listeners, a real treat. treat. I think, yeah, I think you're gonna like it. You're gonna snack on this one, listeners. Uh, but hey, this is a void, Andy. There might not be any treats where we're going. You might get there and find it's unsatisfying. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that sounds like every interaction people have ever had with us. Oh boy, ask my wife. Uh, <laughs> boy. Ask my wife, hey, listeners, we're going to ask you to uh, to take a little listen. Fasten your seatbelts and come along for a ride with us. Cause Strap in. We're getting into our spaceship. We're pulling an Elon Musk and headed to the stars. On today's episode of the Bote's, Bo- Bote's Void, here, right now, blast off. Art! Since the dawn of humanity, people have looked up into the sky and been fascinated. Early humans studied the movements of the planets and stars and developed the science of astronomy. Modern techniques and physics have brought the cosmos even more in focus. Space has been described as the last great frontier of human exploration. Some people who don't care about being sued for copyright infringement (laughs) might even call outer space the final frontier. Some might. Still, others might call it Final Frontier 2049, the less-than-hit web series created by the Fun Fun Boys. Available at FinalFrontier2049.com or on the Fun Fun Boys YouTube channel. Whatever you call it, humankind has consistently endeavored to understand and explore the heavens. Despite countless time invested by many people, there is still much we don't know about the universe, and many mysteries still to solve. Today we'll examine one such cosmological anomaly, the Boote's Void. The Boote's Void, so-called because of its position in the sky in the Boote's constellation, is also called the Great Nothing. Which uh, was actually my nickname in high school, Andy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Um, you know, by the Who way. Who wrote the script? <laughs> I think you did. By the way, <laughs> listeners, that's a pat fact about you. By the way, <laughs> listeners, the constellation Boötes is also near the constellation Ursa Major or Big Bear. And no, listeners, I don't mean the now shuttered chain of central Ohio grocery stores. The Boötes constellation's proximity to Ursa Major has led people to colloquially call Boötes the Bear Driver which was my nickname in high school. 
What were you doing to those bears? I had a van and I drove them around. <laughs> the Botes Void is a huge spherical section of space, which is, like my social calendar, relatively empty. I'm proud of that fact. Mm, yeah. I'm a natural introvert. Yep, you sure are. Or how huge, you might be asking. Possibly in reference to the void. <laughs> Bigger than Jesus. Might be my cheeky reply if I were a rambunctious rocker from Liverpool or a B-Sharps album. <laughs> but seriously, folks. Oh, yeah, I definitely wrote this script. But seriously, <laughs> folks, this thing is huge. It's over 300 million light years in diameter. Now, listeners, if you're not familiar with the concept of a light year, it is a measure of distance equal to how far light travels in one year. For reference, light travels at about 186 miles um, or 300,000 kilometers, right? Per second. Even at that breakneck pace, when light enters the Bootes void, it still takes more than 300 million years to reach the other side. That's right, Art. It's hard to fathom. <laughs> I agree. Listeners, a light, yar, a light year is hard to comprehend, is it not? <laughs> yeah. So uh, let's talk about it in an Earth-friendly measurement, okay? One light year is about 5.88 trillion miles or roughly nine and a half trillion kilometers. Need more proof that the Boötes void is big? It's about 0.27% of the diameter of all observable space. Incredible. Its area is 236,000 cubic megaparsecs. One megaparsec is equal to one million parsecs. <laughs> parsecs and megaparsecs are uh, astronomical measures of distance, just like light years are. Though, um, for you Star Wars fans listening, uh, Han Solo in uh, one of the movies claims to have made the Kessel Run in less than 12 parsecs, which really doesn't make any sense when you think about it. Hopefully, somebody got fired for that blunder. Okay, Andy, try to contain your nerd pig rage, all right? Okay. We're talking about science. I'd like to explain to the listeners, you know, just what exactly a parsec is. So one parsec is about 3.26 light years. So a megaparsec is about 3,260,000 light years. That means, listeners, the Bootes void has a volume of roughly 769,360,000,000 cubic light years, which... When converted to miles and kilometers, kilometers, whatever you say, is a number so big that I don't know what to call it. I have no idea. I mean, it, I can't, you can't fathom how massive this is, right? Yeah. So we've established one thing, Andy. This is a big, beautiful void. <laughs> but Andy, sure this big, beautiful, naughty little, sorry, Big Void is a bit yeah. of an exhibitionist. Oh boy. Displaying its emptiness for all the world to see. The first cosmic voyeurs, aka astronomers, uh, you know, they fulfilled their peeping Tom fantasies and they spied on the great nothing, uh, getting out of the tub, and they did so in 1981. 
and they were led by hunky, hogged-out stargazer Robert Kirshner. That, right, that's right. But I do have to mention here, Art, as a as a graduate of the Ohio State University, the uh, Ohio State University. That's correct. That's the actual name. Uh-huh. That uh, when uh, he discovered the Boötes void, Robert Kirshner was a professor at the University of Michigan, which is something that I unfortunately cannot condone. Oh boy! Academic affiliations aside, surely Andy, you can at least condone the discovery of an unusual lack of stuff. In a certain area of outer space. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> now, Art, uh, finding the Boatees void must have been like the exact opposite of finding money in your coat pocket. <laughs> Dr. Kirshner and team put on their lab coats and found way less than expected. To date, only 60 galaxies have been found inside the Boatees void. Hopefully they find the other nine galaxies soon. Nice. Nice. Anyway... All of the known galaxies span the void in a tube shape, sort of like an interstellar canister of Pillsbury triple-bleached goo. Now, the nearest galaxy to Earth that's not the Milky Way, which, listeners, by the way, the Milky Way is the galaxy in which Earth exists. Uh, The nearest galaxy is the Andromeda Galaxy. The Andromeda Galaxy is about two and a half million light years away from Earth. So even using what we might consider a conservative estimate of one galaxy every 10 million light years, that estimate that estimate predicts that the Boötes void should contain not 60 galaxies, but more like 2,000 galaxies. The emptiness of the void is such that astronomer Greg Aldring famously remarked that, quote, if the Milky Way had been in the center of the Boötes void, we wouldn't have known there were other galaxies until the 1960s. Wow. So, listeners, we've learned a lot about the void itself, but one thing I think we should um, explore is how such a place can exist. Mm. The current hottest cosmological supermodel out there is the Big Bang Theory. Oh, baby. And no, listeners, I'm not talking about the now-defunct hit Chuck Lorre TV show that we both love. (laughs) Our favorite. (laughs) I'm talking about the model for the structure of our universe. You might be familiar with the concept of the Big Bang, but... In case you're not, here's the idea. The universe used to be a singularity. An infinitely dense and infinitely hot, sexy little singularity. With all the junk and gas and stuff of the universe in its trunk. (laughs) Eventually, the singularity exploded, right? Shooting out in all directions. Right. The universe eventually inflated and cooled. And after a long period of time, structures started to form. All your favorites were there, listeners. Stars, gas clouds, even galaxies. Oh, galaxies, you say? And I'm not talking about the Major League Soccer team. Okay. Well, galaxies. I'm a Samsung man myself, oh, Art. Okay. Uh, but seriously, listeners. A, a galaxy, in the astronomical sense, is a collection of stars, planets, old wigs, dust, dirt, and gas, all held together by our friend and your friend, gravity. Current estimates put the number of galaxies in the universe somewhere around 2 trillion. All these galaxies in the universe tend to be arranged in a web-like pattern with strands of galaxies separated by voids. You see, listeners, galaxies have a lot of gravitational pull. All that gravity draws things from nearby space into galactic systems. Galaxies attract everything nearby and then are even attracted to each other, teaming up and forming massive intergalactic structures and leaving behind lonely, empty voids. Jeez, Andy, sounds like you're attracted to galaxies. Sexually. Wow. 
Goodness. This is a steaming episode. Uh, look, while it's true that, you know, the nature of the universe is clustered galaxies and voids, the Bootes void is too big to have formed as one singular structure in the time since the Big Bang. That said, it is possible that the void was formed by a, you know, a bunch of smaller voids coalescing to form one big void in the way that, you know, fried fish, fried shrimp, and fried scallops, and fried clam strips coalesce to form the Admiral's Platter at Red Lobster, which we all know. We all know. We all love. Our favorite favorite menu item. Yes. At all Darden restaurants. <laughs> this may also help explain the organization of the galaxies that do exist in the boats as void. As we mentioned, the galaxies there are radically, uh, radically arranged together in a Totally tubular shape, my dude. Hell yeah. Just as the galaxy was, uh, just as gravity was uh, was building these galaxies and, and drawing them closer together, it was also tugging on the boundaries of smaller voids in the area, eventually expanding them until their boundaries disappeared and they become one. Aw. The galaxies congregated in a boundary between voids and eventually ended up stranded where they are today as the surrounding voids combined and separated the galaxies from the rest of space. It's scientifically possible that the Bootes void is the combination of a bunch of smaller voids. Such a scenario is not out of step with the Lambda CDM model of cosmological evolution which is essentially the current standard model of the Big Bang cosmology. Mm -hmm. But Art, okay, does science really have all the answers in this case? (laughs) I know of someone who might say this case has a different conclusion, and that person's name is Case E. Edgar Casey, to be exact. Listeners, we've mentioned Edgar Casey before, and here he is again. He's the famous channeler who was allegedly able to tap into the universal energy record, also known as the Akashic record. Casey proclaimed the existence of a highly advanced race of extraterrestrials called the Arcturians. The Arcturians are named for the star Arcturus, which is allegedly the star system from which Arcturians originate. Arcturus, by the way, is in the Boötes constellation, which, if you recall, is the Boötes void's namesake. The Arcturians have been described as fifth-dimensional, time-traveling beings who advance love throughout the universe using the power of sacred geometry. Very cool. Very cool. No word on if they've ever met famed Breatharian Wiley Brooks in the fifth dimension. <laughs> More on Maybe that. Maybe haven't had enough uh, quarter-pounders quarter in Diet Coke. Diet Coke, yeah. <laughs> More on that. We'll follow up on that for you listeners. Yeah. Uh, other channelers, though, aside from Edgar Casey, have claimed to be in contact with the Arcturians. They say the Arcturians seek out and interact with humans on Earth who are ready to accept and understand them. The Arcturians have been credited with trying to heal our planet and open our minds through the use of crop circles and for protecting Earth from other advanced extraterrestrial civilizations using their mighty ship, the Athena. It is speculated that if the Arcturians exist... They are likely a Kardashev 3 civilization, or possibly a Kardashev 4. Listeners, you're probably asking, what in the heck is a Kardashev 3 or Kardashev 4? I'm hungry for knowledge, and these guys won't even feed me a whole enchilada. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Listeners. Come on. 
uh, frankly, I think you're hangry. And you're mm-hmm. not being yourselves right now because you know we're in the kitchen right now cooking up the information that's going to fill your mind tummies. <laughs> sure are. We're going to fill those mind tummies right up. The Kardashev scale was originally developed by Soviet astronomer Nikolai Kardashev in 1964 to describe a civilization's level of technological advancement by describing the amount of energy the civilization is able to use. So the original scale had three levels. A type A civilization is able to use and store all of the energy on its own planet. A type 2 civilization can store and use all the energy from its sun or host star. And a type 3 civilization can use and store the power of multiple suns, harnessing the energy of an entire galaxy. In the time since Kardashev proposed the scale, numerous other interpretations um, or you know extensions have been proposed. Two key extensions are the Type 4 and Type 5 civilizations. Type 4 civilizations can use and store energy of the entire universe. And Type 5 can use and store the energy of multiple universes. Now, to be fair, some have argued that Type 4 or Type 5 civilizations would be so technologically advanced that, that humans wouldn't even be able to detect their activities. The undertakings of such an advanced, such advanced beings would potentially seem like nothing more than natural phenomena or just the regular workings of nature. Mm. So, so now, listeners, you're probably asking, that was an interesting detour, but how does that relate to the Boatees Void? Honestly, listeners, we find your lack of faith disturbing. Oh boy! But seriously, trust me. We're going to fly this spaceship home. All right, let's assume the Arcturians exist and that they are indeed a Kardashev three civilization. How would they go about generating the same amount of energy as a galaxy? Well, you could use planet-bound methods like building some kind of huge fusion reactor and feeding it matter. Such a method, though, would require a Kardashev three civilization to do this on a lot of planets and possibly use other sources like antimatter. Alternatively, you could go directly to the source and collect the energy right from the stars using a Dyson sphere type structure. A Dyson sphere is a hypothetical megastructure constructed of a large number of solar energy collectors that would be arranged around a star in either orbital or non-orbital formations to capture potentially all of the star's energy. A megastructure known as a Dyson shell has also been proposed, which would completely surround a star to capture the star's energy. And there it is, listeners. Like all of Andy's stories, it may have taken a while, but he does eventually get to the point. I (laughs) do get there. Just stick with me. A Dyson shell would completely surround a star, making the star like an enormously fiery yolk in the middle of its Dyson eggshell. So let me scramble your brains a little here, uh, a little more, listeners. If the star is completely surrounded by a Dyson shell, it may not appear to visibly exist at all. So, let's say the Arcturians moved into the area of the Bootes Void to harvest energy and converted uh, uh, most of the and, and covered most of the stars there with Dyson shells. That, dear listeners, could explain why we see a giant void. In this scenario, though, 
Nothing is anomalous except our perception, which, as an Arcturian might suggest, needs some adjusting before we're ready to understand their way of life. Wow, Art, that is a great extraterrestrial intergalactic colonization story. You love them. I love them. You're sitting around the campfire. We're all telling them (laughs) the stories about extraterrestrials colonizing things. (laughs) But, Art, I shall now propose to you another scenario. Propose away. A scenario of a disturbing variety. Oh, no. While most people who believe in Arcturians believe that they are peaceful beings who have only the best interest of other beings at heart, it's possible that not all extraterrestrial civilizations will share that view. Picture, if you will, a race of advanced extraterrestrials, let's say a Kardashev II type, which has developed advanced artificial intelligence to help it colonize its home solar system with an eye on advancing to its wider host galaxy. Let's also imagine that this advanced AI develops beyond the limits of its creator race and begins systematically constructing Dyson shells around nearby stars and consuming the matter in the solar system, exponentially increasing its available energy and, thereby, its colonial capabilities. Such a scenario can help to explain the Boötes Void's uncannily spherical shape. Astronomers have even begun watching the edges of the void uh, to see if they can detect dimming in the luminosity of the galaxies there. If they do, a sentient AI determined to conquer the universe could be headed our way. And keep in mind, listeners, the Boötes void is 700 million light years away, so this AI could already be a lot closer to Earth than we know. Wee, that's a scary tale. (laughs) But, Andy, you know me. I love science. Yeah, you do. That's why I'm going to also propose something to you. Let's dive into the concepts of dark matter and dark energy. Dark matter is essentially something unknown in the universe emitting gravity. Astronomers uh, can predict its existence, but they don't really understand it yet. Dark matter provides the gravity that helps keep galaxies held together. Dark energy is basically just a weird pressure in space. Like dark matter, astronomers know it exists, but they don't really understand it today. Dark energy is the force behind the continued and increasingly rapid expansion of the universe. Dark matter helps to hold things together, together, and dark energy pro- drives them apart. Uh, in the Boates Void, then, The galaxies there are held together by dark matter, while the rest of the void has relatively little dark matter. It may, however, have a good amount of dark energy at work. In fact, maybe it's possible that the Boates void is is the back end of a black hole turned wormhole. All the matter that gets pressed into a singularity came spurting out of the other end of the wormhole ripping outer space a new asshole and creating the Boates void by flooding in dark energy. Boy, Art, for not having hardly anything inside of it, Boates void sure gave us a lot to think about. The great no- Is the great nothing the result of a natural phenomenon? Is it the work of extraterrestrials? Is a runaway superintelligent sentient AI absorbing the universe and making its way toward Earth? The Boatis Void is a great example of a significant discovery that only leads to more questions. One thing we can absolutely be certain of is that the universe is an enormous place with plenty of secrets. 
Despite the technological leaps humanity continues to take, we are constantly reminded of all that we still have to learn. Maybe the Boatee's Void will lead to humanity's greater understanding of the cosmos. And maybe, just maybe, it's the last mystery our civilization ever solves. Mr. Bunker's Conspiracy Time podcast will be right back after this brief message. Hey, listeners, this is Art. Uh, This is not an ad. This is a compliment. If you're listening to the show and doing some dishes, good for you. Keep up the good work. And hey, if you feel so inclined, feel free to leave us a review on iTunes. It really helps the show. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. Hello, listeners. Welcome back from outer space. This is Andy and Art. And that was our research of the Boates Void. Yes, it was. Boy, Andy. Woo, baby. So, Art. There's a lot of nothing. The Boates Void. All right. Okie dokie. Now, astronomers say that it's too empty to have happened naturally since the Big Bang. Is it true that you also have an unnatural lack of substance given your age? (laughs) Wow. You're just coming in real hot right away. (laughs) Listeners, you make one Bay of Pigs joke and you never live it down for for eight episodes. (laughs) I was going to say we're the Bojas Void of Podcasting. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. No substance. Absolutely. A thin, <laughs> a thin filament of substance in a lot of nothing. Yes, yes, Andy. I am nothing. I have failed at pretty much everything I've ever tried in my life. <laughs> yep. Um, and I've accomplished nothing, and I have nothing to live for. Um, that's not true. No, Andy, no, it is. That is. Um, that's why I get captured every day and I get taken to a bunk. Well, not every day, but. Wait, are you getting every, captured every day? No, it feels like it some days. <laughs> Am I right when you have to go to work? <laughs> um, what do you think? What are your initial impressions of this? You really enjoyed reading the research for this this week. Did you not? I did. <clears throat> I'll say this up front, listeners. We've said it before and I'm going to say it again right now. We are not scientists, so <laughs> do not begin to challenge us on anything that we say That's off true. the record it, or on the record, I guess, about this void, because I frankly don't know if I fully grasp everything, but I'll tell you what, it's interesting to read about. It's really hard to fathom how fucking huge this thing is. This thing is like, uh, you know, and what's funny about it like, is- Like, we're not talking about planets, we're talking about a galaxy, like Earth, which is a collection of things. Earth is big. <laughs> The Milky Way is even bigger. Like you got to think like 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 galaxies have like thousands plus stars like like could be like millions of stars in a galaxy. Yeah. And like um yeah, this this thing is like there's 60 galaxies inside of it. 
that are just like completely dwarfed by the surrounding nothing. And this void, the void itself, it's like truly a void. It's it's right. there's, there's no dust. There's, there's no particles. There's no there's nothing. There's just nothing. It's absolutely nothing. So, and this is a great point, Andy. Don't confuse this with things like Barnard 68, which is a dark nebula. Yeah. Which is more of like a big dark opaque cloud thing that blocks all the stuff that's behind it. You know, actually, Barnard 68 a lot is people put pictures of yes. Barnard 68 up as being like a picture of a boat is a void, but it's, it's not. not what the void is. The void is truly there is there is nothing. You can't you there's can't, nothing. You can't see the void from the perspective of Earth. You can see the area where it is. Right. But you can't tell it's a void because you can see the stars uh, in three dimensional space that are in front and behind it. Right. Like Barnard 68 is a nebulous cloud that's. Like blocking the light, you can't see anything. Right, but the the void is truly a void. There's nothing. Right, and you know what that means, Art? Because it's a void. If if you if you send light through one end of the void, right, it takes more than three hundred million years to come to the other side. But the light can travel at light speed the entire time because there are no particles to slow it down. There's nothing. It's it's hard to fathom. It's hard to conceptualize because. I mean, obviously you think of like air, the air around us, but there's tons of, there's particles all over. Like, yeah, you know, you don't realize it because it's molecular, but there's tons of stuff in the air. There's little dust particles that you get even lower, all the little electrons and fucking protons and shit, atoms Yeah, you're moving around. If you shoot a beam of light into the air, it's not just going to go in a straight line. Like it'll be diffracted. Right. In many different directions by all the particles. Uh, and But the, yeah, that doesn't happen in the void. It just travels. Yeah. It just it, cruises, baby. It uh, The light the light gets out a little fruity cocktail with an umbrella. Just puts on some Jimmy settles Buffett. Settles in for the ride. Settles in for the ride. Um, Parrot you know, shirt. You know, Tommy it's, Bahama. It's like you get, to, you get through the void like 300 million years. You come out, you're like basically, the light is like unchanged. So like think about that. It's like... It's like almost like traveling in time in a way because like this light is like 300 million years older, but it's unchanged. Oh, wow. That's weird. So like they like scientists are like kind of on the edge of like like a place like the void would be like a good place to like travel near light speed for like a civilization, like to travel through the void because you wouldn't have to navigate anything. You could just go straight through like 300 million years. Jeez. So, like, if you were going to travel a huge distance of space, you know, like, it would take us, if we were going to travel to the void, the 700 million light years away, like, it would take us probably longer than that because we couldn't travel at light speed because it would be too, like, we'd have to navigate around, like, asteroids and meteors. There's shit comets. all over space. There's all kinds of stuff in space. There's dust and shit. There's, like, garbage. But when we hit voids, there's nothing. You can just... Whew, so Go. these voids are kind of like wormholes in a way. Yeah, I wouldn't. In a way. In a way. Yeah. But they don't. I, I think the concept of a wormhole kind of means you're literally tele teleporting. Right. You, kind you of still like, have to travel for 300 million years, but you can just go. Yeah. Right at light speed, you, you can put on cruise control. Right. You wouldn't have to navigate anything because it's going to stasis. Just empty. Yeah. Um. Now that's an interesting scientific science fiction concept. This concept that we like, 
we would be creating voids to help our light travel. So like we'd have a little galaxy here and a little galaxy there and you put a void in between them. Yeah. Just thinking. Just for some fan fiction later. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to write some Boaties Void fan fiction. Check it out on our website. <laughs> this big, sexy. <laughs> um, Boaties Void, why aren't you being called God's asshole? God's asshole, yeah. You know that Boaties Void, though, is not even the biggest structure in the universe. No. Which is wild. There's like, uh, there's like those giant super duper mega stars right like that there's like, there's like this, a giant red dwarf there's like this whole wall of like galaxies that's like they're all arranged in this like structure oh wow. that's like the biggest thing in the universe and it's something like 500 million light years across jesus christ it hurts to think about this stuff sometimes I'm gonna be honest. <laughs> like yeah it actually like hurts our tiny Simple human brains idiot brains yeah it hurts I won't even say human brains. It's our dumb brains. Um, what do you think's going on up there? In that void? Yeah. Um, Jump into it. You know what's really, what really like, at first when I, when I heard about this, <clears throat> part of it, I was kind of like, <sighs> but you know what? I'm kind of like, I kind of been kicking this around a little bit in my mind. Uh, the idea that, there was some like advanced species of extraterrestrials that created an advanced AI that eventually surpassed the civilization's own capabilities and is just like self-replicating and like capturing stars and destroying solar systems, uh, like consuming all the matter and just like exponentially increasing its own energy stores. And it's just like on this um, like technologically driven mission of colonization and it's like, it makes sense because it's like, oh, it started in the center and it's just like spread outward in a complete spherical pattern, like very calculated, like a computer would think. Right. That's wow. kind of interesting. It does. It kind of harkens back to our simulation theory discussion that this could be the planetary AI yeah. that superseded the host yeah, and um, is now merging yeah, in the great singularity and... Uh, they created us. Here's one thing I think, though, about that. Like, I'm going to go ahead and say it now. If that was if that was the case, why'd they leave those 60 galaxies behind? <laughs> like, that seems like a big oversight. <laughs> those galaxies are just too cool, man. Yeah. Like, like rad as hell. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I mean, it did it, 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 the the alien like colonization thing is kind of an interesting piece, too. But um you do have to you do have to wonder like i mean for us all this science is like very hypothetical right i mean uh one thing i'll say is that the the astronomer dyson who like wrote the paper where like he kind of i would say like scientifically explored like capturing energy from stars like he's very opposed to the idea of a dyson shell and he never he never proposed that that's like all people like taking his name and applying to it. And it sounds like he frankly doesn't appreciate it very much. Yeah. He probably has problems with that vacuum company too. <laughs> yeah. He hates that Dyson guy. Uh, I made the world's most powerful vacuum. <laughs> it sucks so hard. It doesn't even use any air. Hmm. Sorry. I have to smell my own fart. <laughs> I made a kick-ass vacuum. So I thought... <laughs> 
Why not make a fucking awesome fan as well? I made a fucking crazy dope balling baller balling baller vacuum. Now it's in a handheld form, even smaller. You can fit it in your purse. You're welcome. And it sucks up your purse and all of your money. <laughs> and it goes directly to me. I made a void. And the void got away from me, and now it's too big. <laughs> Fuck that Dyson guy. Just kidding. I have one of your fans. It's really cool. Uh, it purifies the air around it that it sucks in and then shoots out in that weird ring. Mm-hmm. I don't know how that does it. Yeah. I can't even understand a vacuum. You expect me to understand just, how a fucking void works? Not even a vacuum. That's just a fan. It's a fan. I don't even know what I'm talking about here. I'm dumb as hell. My brain is a fucking Botez void, Arts. dude. Yeah. I got a Botez void up That's here. That's why they called you the great nothing. Yeah. There's nothing rattling on up there. Uh, Yeah, I mean, at the one hand, though, like, why... So we're saying that this uh, this alien race cr- did the singularity, the whole spiel, simulation, but it's not really simulation there. It's more of like they created a rogue AI. But why would the rogue AI go off consuming all matter? Is that the purpose of life? I mean, if we create this rogue AI, isn't this wouldn't this thing have a consciousness and wouldn't it develop free will? Why would it go off consuming the world? If if it's uh, if it's objective, I mean, like think about it in a biological sense. What is your objective in a biological sense? It's to it's, consume and repopulate. Yeah. So in this reproduce. sense, in this sense, the AI is being very successful because every star it captures, like stars, just think about the huge amount of energy that a star creates. Like, I mean, there's so many celebrities. I mean, Brad Pitt. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, if you could Leonardo DiCaprio, if you could harness that, think how Scarlett powerful Johansson. you'd be. Yeah. Um, you know, like Earth, like all of the planet Earth, we don't even use, we use a lot of energy, right? Right. Like you would, th- you would say, like if I asked you, are, does the whole planet use a lot of energy? Would you say, yeah? Yeah, I'd probably say it like that. I'd probably be like, oh, yeah, me dumb. <laughs> uh, I guess. Duh. Sorry, was just banging my head with a hammer. <laughs> hey, is that bacon in your pocket? <laughs> oh, no, wait, that's my pocket. Anyway, Art, I would I have say a lust for bacon. I would say you're right. Like to me, it seems like oh, probably yeah. Every if you combine the energy usage of the whole Earth, it's probably a lot. Yeah, but to it's, us, it's not it's relative. Not even, not even close to the energy that's put out by our sun. Right. Like every day, you know, like this, the total power of the sun. Oh, you make a good point, Andy. The total power of the sun is like more than what we use today. So that's why. Um, you know, Earth is not even a uh, a Kardashev one civilization because we don't we can't use and store as much energy as our sun produces. So it's really like a Kardashev half. We're uh, well, three they, quarters. Some <laughs> someone proposed a Kardashev zero civilization, which is really what we are. And uh, Carl Sagan did the math on this, like in the seventies, and I think it's like we're like a Kardashev point. Um. Point three or something. Woo! Go Earth seven. I don't remember what it was exactly, but we're we're a fraction of Kardashev one. Wow! So, but so we still have a long way to go before we we get to Kardashev one. Now you do bring up a good point that this rogue AI would be like my purpose is to consume and reproduce. Yeah, and it just so happens it consumes stars. And with every star, but why would it leave those sixty? That's that's the that's thing. the thing. 
That's why I don't think that at the end of the day you're going to be able to say that that's that that's really plausible because because they're just floating around in there. Why wouldn't you take them? If it's Free going pickings. about it in a systematic way, like why are those excluded? They should have been gone. Yeah, because it's not if it's if it's bleeding out into the if it's creating this void just because it's capping stars and we can't see them uh, with Dyson shells. Um, and so it's like the stars exist. We just can't see them because they're not emitting any light. Right. In this scenario, like the Dyson shell doesn't do anything except from a visible sense, the star's luminosity is gone. You just won't be able to see it, but, but it's still going to have all the gravity and everything. But wouldn't then we be able to detect the Dyson shell? Because the Dyson shell has to be made of some kind of matter. Yeah. I mean, I I don't know uh, technique for for doing that. The thought is that the Dyson shell would be like the only thing that we would be able to tell is that there was gravity there from our vantage point. But then we wouldn't be able to see a star. So it would just seem like mysterious gravity. Wow. But even then, if if the if the AI like destroys all the planets and stuff and consumes all the matter. Maybe you wouldn't even know about the gravity necessarily because you wouldn't have anything to, to see in there. Plus, without without reflected light of stars, planets would be like almost impossible to find that far away with our techniques. Yeah, we just don't have the technology yet. Yeah. Um, Agree or disagree? The Botas Void is the most emo teenage angst place in the universe. Agree. 100%. <laughs> I mean, would they, would they or would they not make great emo or goth band names? I can't believe that there is no band called The Boatees Void. If your band's called The Boatees Void, get at us. Let us know. Tweet at us. We'd we'll love re- to hear your music. Let's hear your music. Um, speaking of that, what do you think about this idea that mm-hmm. what if this void is like an organism mm-hmm. that like an amoeba? Mm-hmm. Right, and it turns out we're microscopic organisms living in a giant petri dish. What if there's like something so much bigger than all of this that's like looking down at us? You ever think uh, about that, Art? Um, honestly, that fits in with this with this discussion. I think because like we're so small, it's like some otherworldly creature or deity or something is looking down at us, and the void just looks like an amoeba. Think about this. If you have a Kardashev 4 civilization. Or so insignificant. Which is, again, an extension to Kardashev's original scale. The Kardashev 4 civilization can harness the power of a whole universe. So, like, they could, they have the ability to use and store. Earth, Mars, Mercury, Venus. Hold on, folks. Art's going to name everything in the universe. A universe is even more than would be everything that we understand exists is in the yeah. universe. So like But the universe is ever expanding. How are there multiple universes? Well, mm, that's very Jeez. very very theoretical now. <laughs> uh but the Kardashev 4 would just be like if there was a, an an extraterrestrial race inside our own universe that could use and store like had the ability to use and store all of the energy output of the universe. Again, they wouldn't have to like manipulate everything in the universe to get this. But if they did, like how would we even know that it was they were doing anything? Like they're I mean, this is what the sort of argument to that is is that 
if such a civilization existed, we wouldn't be able to detect it because their they just would be so fucking advanced. Their methods to us would seem like the workings of nature, like it would seem like a natural yeah. phenomenon. Wow, because we wouldn't be able to understand what they're doing is like a, something that's actively being undertaken by another set of beings. That's so wild. And especially if it was Kardashev five, like collections of universes, that's which is kind of where you are with this Petri dish. Like we wouldn't even, we couldn't even conceptualize like the methods that such a, such a powerful civilization would utilize. Yeah. I mean, that's the simulation theory, right? Yeah. There's no, there's no way they'd be using like Dyson structures because it'd be so impractical to like, I mean, there's two trillion galaxies with like hundreds of trillions of stars, undoubtedly. Like there's no way you could put Dyson structures around all these stars. You'd have to find some other way to like harness God. the power of the Maybe galaxy. That's some poor schmuck's job. <laughs> just, just sit there and copy paste oh. Dyson shells. Oh God, this universe, <laughs> this universe has what? One Google stars? <laughs> Fuck. I'm going to be working overtime again. I got to call my wife. No, Cheryl, I'm not going to be home for dinner. I got go- I got hey, I got one Google stars is universe. This this fucking stupid program they use. Why can't I just copy the whole column of data? I got to do it each individual row. This is fucking stupid. <laughs> we think they're so advanced they're using like a shitty version of Excel. <laughs> To they put Dyson shells over every star, <laughs> harness matter. Hey, uh, I gotta manually type every star's name. Yeah, uh, Glip Glorp. Uh, we're gonna need you to come in on the weekend. Uh, yeah, we just discovered a new universe. You know, outside of that void, there we need yeah. Dyson shells. You got the memo right. <laughs> you know what it um, my, 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 my stable my stable my stable my, my stable great character. And one you invented. Uh you know it leads you to think though, Art, if there are multiple universes, are they universes arranged like our universe is arranged? Like the universe <laughs> is a web. So there's did you know this too, Art? Like actually Right now, the universe is like 60% void. So it's more void than it's not. Where, where is it all? It's void. Because the, the, the amount of like matter is finite, right? Yeah. Dark energy keeps pushing the boundaries of the universe. So all of the matter that exists is like being like like our galaxy the milky way is held together by like dark matter because the gravity that's produced by the actual like gravitational pull of the things in the milky way isn't enough to hold it together things would just be flying away right so like astronomers know there's dark matter there's some mysterious gravity emitting thing in the universe that's holding galaxies together so they're they're held together but as the universe as dark energy is working again. It's just this weird pressure in outer space as it's working, pushing everything apart. Like we're held together, but everything else is moving away from us just as fast as we're moving away from it. So eventually that limited amount of matter is going to be in a even more massive amount of space. 
And so eventually the universe will be like way more void than it is matter because there'll be so much emptiness because there's not matter to fill the extra space. Art is really struggling with this concept. Um, wow. <laughs> That's fucking bleak. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, eventually, like, um, um, I heard... Um, well, I mean, it's it's hard because it's like we're so insignificant. We're so small. Yeah. Sisma. Uh, like, we're so minuscule in all of this. And you know, we're one, just on this giant rock hurtling. I don't want to sound like you know, I just smoked a big old fucking doobie, and uh, you know, and I'm about to like dive in on some DMT. But like, it, it really it, like you're like, wow, holy fuck! Like, it's humbling. It's humbling. Yeah, you're just like, none of my shit matters because in I'm a blip. I'm not even a blip. I'm. You wouldn't even notice me on a scale you know it's like my lifetime yeah does the work of your life matter even at all in a cosmic sense no probably not because we're just on this giant rock and everything's just expanding and contracting yeah yeah eventually you know that's the the great unknown is how far does the universe expand before it like like they sort of predict that it's going to snap back and contract eventually oh like a rubber band yeah Cause like it's still expanding from the Big Bang, right? Like it like but eventually that energy is going to run out and it's going to be like, the universe. The like universe a, like is a, like thirteen and a half billion. Like years the old. Iron Superman ride at Six Flags, right? Yes, it's exactly like that, <laughs> except that's only thirteen and a half seconds. Yeah, uh, <laughs> but so for like thirteen and a half billion years, the universe has just been constantly expanding. Yeah, and it keeps expanding and it keeps getting faster. So like we're expanding, it's reaching the velocity point, right? Like eventually, eventually it's, it's gonna... like how fast, how much more can it expand before it like snaps? But who knows? Maybe it doesn't. Maybe it just keeps expanding forever, and it just keeps getting faster and faster. God, I hope I'm not around to fucking see that. The you snap, won't. you won't be. Thanos snap, you won't be, for sure. I might. No, you, you don't know. No, I do. How? You'll you'll die for sure. You're gonna kill me. <laughs> If it looks like you'll get close, I'm going to kill you. <laughs> Discovering the secrets of the universe. But well, I'm likely to die a lot earlier than you, so I'll probably have to make a judgment on that. Statistically pretty speaking. Soon, pretty soon. So if I think you're going to make it, I'm going to kill you. Just Well, FYI. luckily you can't make a decision to save your life. <laughs> <laughs> um, Let's bring it back to aliens. Okay. <laughs> What do you think? Let's we get away would, from the science a little let's bit. Let's get away from all this confusing hard facts. <laughs> theoretical science. Actually, there's no hard facts. It's really just, it's all like theoretical stuff, right? Yeah. I, I mean, mean, there's certain hard facts about distances and time. And, you know, it's like, it's like scientists are, are like, they understand what they don't know a little bit. Like yeah. They understand that there's pieces that they don't get. And there's a lot of stuff that they know that they don't have any idea about. But like, Things like dark matter and dark energy. They know that there's something out there. They just don't really understand what it is. So it's like, it's theoretical in a sense. And, you know, when you start talking about like, what's the future going to hold? That's like pretty theoretical because I don't think anybody really knows. Yeah. But aliens though. What do you think we'd do if we found out that, yes, there is an advanced type two or type three race living in the void, consuming energy and matter? What do you well, think we'd do? Like that comes out, science is like, yes, 
Uh, you have to think about the expand. Like, there's got to be extraterrestrial life out there. Um, we know we know for a fact that there's extraterrestrial life. Yeah, but there has to. The be. question is: Is there intelligent extraterrestrial life? I think there has to be out there. I feel like it too. We um, can't be the only ones floating on a fucking death rock. You know, when uh, when we were researching for our um, human evolution uh, episode. A great episode, listeners. Check it out. Number two. <laughs> it's number two. All right. Um, I, I, read an, I read an interesting uh, <laughs> hypothesis okay. um, that basically was talking about that life on Earth was uh, we are actually extraterrestrials because the hypothesis is that life was not organic to this planet, that life was seeded from... Uh, organisms that were on rocks and things that were in space that crash landed here and then were able to flourish in the environment. Makes sense. Um, and part of this hy- whole hypothesis is that um, these these like spacefaring uh, microorganisms are sort of like um, a DNA record of, of the entire time of the universe because there are certain viruses that uh, and other like types of uh, hardy organisms that can stand up to the vacuum of space um and uh they like can get into a host and they sort of like copy the host's like dna signature into their own and so it they become like a a library like a tiny little library of of every every organism they've ever encountered wow and like then you know as they replicate and then they go out into the into the universe like they're carrying this whole cache of dna information with them and then like some of those organisms landed here and like that's that like helps to explain why there's biodiversity because these little organisms have the dna of of uh like dozens and dozens of of creatures within them jeez and so if it could happen here it's crazy to say kind of that it prim- couldn't have happened anywhere else. Ooze type yeah, of thing. Yeah, that it couldn't have happened anywhere else. But that's just kind of an aside on this. I mean, I know that was it. Really couldn't have happened anywhere else. No, no, I'm saying it's crazy to say. That oh, it couldn't have. yes. Okay. If that's what happened on Earth, then yeah, it's nuts to say. Well, no, it couldn't have happened anywhere else. It had to have. Like almost certainly, it did. I hope I'm alive to see that. <laughs> See the past? Aliens. Oh. A- aliens. <laughs> um, no, discover the other the other extraterrestrials. I think that'll be cool. I mean, if we if we found out that there was like Like obviously they're ten times more powerful than us. I mean they're consuming fucking stars. Let's talk about the Arcturians for a little bit though. Like people people who talk who like claim to be able to channel the Arcturians, they uh say that the Arcturians are like a peaceful civilization and in fact they uh protect us from hostile extraterrestrial races because they are one of the most advanced and powerful in the whole universe and so they have a they're protecting earth right uh allegedly with their their giant uh powerful ship giant balls the athena um so they're protecting us from all the other extraterrestrials who want to consume us. Well, that's, you know, yeah, maybe. Or, uh-huh. or And they're more just violent. doing that out of the kindness of their hearts? Um, the idea is that Arcturians are, um, they, they promote love. Uh, that love is the most, uh, is the key thing in their civilization. 
and um, they they want to help other races in the universe. So this is agopic love. <laughs> A what? Agopic. Gopic? Agopic. Unconditional love. Oh, sure. Yeah. They they do it out of the their um they do it out of their their respect for life life forms in the universe. Agape so. is a Greco-Christian term referring to love, the highest form of love, charity, and the love of God for man and man for God. Yeah, it would be the same thing. Not to be confused with philia, which is brotherly love. Mm-hmm. I feel you. Or erotic love. <laughs> Our favorite kind of love on this podcast. Eros, which is erotic love. Yeah. Um, I know that one. <laughs> I'm familiar. Um, that's but, interesting. That's cool as hell. Yeah. They're, so know, they just they're, travel through this like giant, why can't we see the ship? Wouldn't we see it? Uh, they are fifth dimensional beings, and oh, so right. they exist in a different dimension that we can't, we don't comprehend. Man, yet. god damn it! But uh, you part know what? Of, part of their advance is that they can, they can sometimes make themselves known to three dimensional beings like us. Uh, that they if can. You eat cheeseburgers and die. <laughs> no, it's on their side. Their oh, side. Oh, okay. But their their thing is that they only they only uh, interact with humans who they think are ready to accept them and are attuned to the fifth dimensional energies. So you have to give in to sacred geometry and all that kind of stuff, right? You got to be just like Pythagoras and give in to sacred geometry. Um, oh, fuck. You know what? I'm getting sick of Bunker giving us all these fucking high concept consciousness based. Oh, yeah, you hate this kind of stuff. Fuck, dude. It's just really hard to rack my brain because I don't know what to say. Yeah. I'm just like, maybe, I don't know, consciousness, <laughs> love, peace and love. I mean, that's what they say, right? That like we, we kind of touched on that in simulation theory in a way that like consciousness is this greater thing where we're like all together, we're all one and we're all connected and it's all about love and maybe it is this like weird fifth dimensional beings Ugh. yeah and um you know part of this whole the whole lore around the arcturians is crop circles and supposedly crop circles they're the ones who do crop circles yeah supposedly crop circles are like markings that they're placing on the earth to help heal the planet and like expand our own mindsets um this shit needs its own episode <laughs> I mean, um, sacred geometry in and of itself is its own episode. Arcturians. I'll tell you one thing, too. Um, the uh, Arcturians apparently have tried to treat with our government, but the government has rejected them and instead made a deal with the Greys. Uh, and the Greys are... are in so it. what? Who did this? Truman? Mm, Eisenhower, actually. Eisenhower. Eisenhower took a vacation in like 1952 or something to Palm Springs in California. And people apparently at the time thought it quite odd because he had just returned from a quail hunting trip in Georgia and took another vacation almost immediately to Palm Springs. And in Palm Springs one night he disappeared from the press and supposedly, uh, According to the administration, he was having emergency dental work done, and the administration presented a dentist 
who performed the work on President Eisenhower's mouth. However, some people say that when President Eisenhower went missing, he was actually having a secret meeting at an Air Force base with what the did, gray aliens. What did the grays offer us? Uh, I Technology? Don't, I don't know the terms of the contract. <laughs> that'll have to be its own. If if Bunker wants us to dive into that, that'll have to be its own episode. That's a fun topic. Yeah. Uh, listeners, hey, influence him. Yeah, if you want to hear about it, you got to tell him. Uh, uh, okay. Um, I mean... It makes sense because what the uh, Arcturians are preaching isn't exactly the M.O. of uh, most right. modern governments. Right. So these greys are a different kind of alien species that landed here. Yeah. Wow. I mean, it all sort of springs out of out of Roswell, you know? Right. Like the Roswell incident. Um, I don't know what else to say. <laughs> well, let me. I'm in a bit of a Botez void here. Yeah, you are. You looking. You're looking like you got a 300 million light year stare right now. <laughs> um, let's talk about this though. Okay. Let's talk about the. Let's talk about the uh, scientific uh, explanation for the void. Oh, okay. Let's talk about a couple of those options. So, right. Um, the the number one thing is soap bubbles. That it's yeah, soap bubbles. That it's it's like a bunch of smaller voids that existed in the area and as uh the galaxies that are there were forming and removing all the particles and stuff these the gravity that's working on them was also working on the boundaries of these uh smaller voids that were in the area and they just sort of coalesce into one big void and the galaxies are all arranged in this tube shape that's more than likely like a boundary a natural boundary between the voids where the galaxies would have like naturally gravitated toward. And then so just all around them, these other voids just kind of co- coalesced into one um, as their boundaries expanded. And then, you know, it's spherical and uh, the outside of the void, it's there's more gravity, right? Because right. there's more galaxies and stuff. So there's this little bit of gravity in the middle that's pulling everything you know, in there as it's pushing out and then it's stuff is pushing on the outside of it. So the void is just sort of in this, uh, homeostasis, so to speak. Equilibrium. Yeah. It's, it's an equilibrium. Um, that's kind of sacred geometry esque. Yeah. A little bit, I suppose. All things are one. All things are equilibrium. Andy's mic is giving him trouble. It fell over. Just gave me the thumbs up. But it's good now. Um, Bunker doesn't have the best uh, tech down here sometimes. Yeah, he's... Uh, Tries his best, but... He's well-intentioned, but uh, kind of a failure in some respects. <laughs> um, yeah, um, I mean, I think that probably makes... But it's like, it's all kind of theoretical, right? They don't know this for sure, but like the mechanics of it is something that uh, seems, seems plausible. Um, nothing... The void itself is too big to have been formed in the time since the Big Bang just by natural forces like the the space and everything. It's too big uh-huh. to have cleared out on its own. So the only logical explanation is really that there were smaller voids that coalesced into one, which is a thing that can happen. And such a theory is not uh, inconsistent with the um, 
the Lambda CDM uh, model, which is the parametrization of the Big Bang that's currently the going model of uh, cosmological evolution. Um, yeah, and I mean, it had plenty of time, right? Yeah, for that stuff to happen. Because we've only been around for like nothing. Yeah, Earth is like, I mean, our sun and the Earth is like four and a half billion years old. So the universe itself is over 13 billion years old. Right. So, plenty of time. So like there would have been time for these these smaller voids to kind of The coalesce. void was like a little kid. Yeah. A little teenager when it probably formed. I mean, we're the fact that we can see it means that it existed, you know, 700 million years ago at least. Right. So like we're seeing every, you know, the stuff that comes to us that's from the from the void is 700 million years old. So the you know, the universe, the galaxies there have been in at least the that arrangement for that length of time. Wow. Um, so that seems like it could be a possibility. The other sort of sciencey explanation is a wormhole. That this is that there was a there's a black hole somewhere that's sucking in matter and compressing it into a singularity, and that the Boaty's void is like the back end of the wormhole. Like it's a black hole, a wormhole, and then the Boaty's void is where all the stuff that gets pressed into a singularity comes out. And then how do we explain the other galaxies in there? 660. Well, I mean, it depends where the... It it could just be that the the void is like all it's doing is pumping in like dark energy from somewhere else. You know, that matter is getting like crushed mm-hmm. in the singularity. And then maybe it's getting spit out there as dark energy wow and so the dark energy is just like pushing you know that boundary like just clearing out the space because remember dark energy dark matter is what holds it together dark energy is what spreads it apart right so uh that could be it but i mean that's you're talking super theoretical there from a science perspective. Because there's no evidence of what comes out the other end of a of a black hole. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, man. I mean, I can't agree or deny, I feel. You know, I, I don't know what my verdict's going to say. Well, you got to start thinking about it. Because you're going to have to come up with something. I mean... Maybe my verdict is just a void. <laughs> it's going to be our first no verdict. Absentee. Oh, no. Abs- oh God. He abstained. I abstained. No, no, no. Let's. We should maybe j- dive into it. What do you think? Dive into the verdicts? Let's go into the void. Okay. Um, let's, let's start. Because um, I had something written down, but now I don't know if I'm going to say it. Let's, let, I think that there's, I think there's a few different, uh, like situations here. So I'm going to I'm going to rate a few different things. Okay. As I am wont to do to be honest. Um the the uh let's let's talk about um a super advanced AI, planet and star consuming AI. Okay. Um I'm given that um I'm going to give that 
I'm going to say plausible minus. <sighs> okay. Like I don't, I'm not going to say it's plausible because of the 60 galaxies. Cause I feel like those would have gotten consumed. Right. But I'm saying plausible minus. Cause like, I mean, if they start to see stars dimming <laughs> on the edge of the void, I'm going to be like, Oh, we're fucked. Oh shit. That's probably a bad thing. We got to make a deal with those Arcturians we right gotta, now. Got to get them on the horn. Get them on the horn. President Start. Trump, are you listening? <laughs> Bring in Wiley. Wiley Brooks, we need you now. Get some uh, quarter pounders and Diet Coke. than ever. <laughs> um, but uh, I, I think it's plausible minus. Uh, the Arcturians, I got to go even less plausible than the AI, honestly. Okay. Like, I'm going to say not plausible. And I'll say this just because... Plausible smidge. Plausible smidge. Or plausible molecule, the smallest possibility we've had so far. I'll say plausible smidge. Okay. Uh, And I'm only saying that because I think that there's... I don't know. The evidence for it just doesn't... I mean, like, in theory, I think that we might be able to detect a Kardashev 3 civilization with our even rudimentary, like, astronomical techniques that we possess um you know like kardashev four and five there'd be we probably wouldn't have any way but kardashev three it seems like we might be able to think that there's something funky yeah and who's to say that one of these civilizations isn't closer to us where we could get better images yeah why do they always have to be so fucking far away yeah you know right exactly i mean there's a lot of galaxies there's a lot of galaxies within you know only um, like 10 light years of the Milky Way. Right. So it's like, why would there not be any detectable intelligent life in any of those? Why does it always have to be from so far away that we can't figure it out? Right. Um, Or maybe life is some cruel joke where they put one intelligent race on one end and mm-hmm. one on the other. Yeah. And we're honestly just like a betting show for some super beings. Right. Yeah. Will they get there? Who's going to get there first? What will they do? Will they get to, will they, will they become an advanced race or will they destroy their planet? <laughs> I got a hundred quark rocks on them destroying the planet. Quark rocks? Quark rocks. It's the currency. Oh, yeah. And it's doing well. It's way high against the dollar. Um, uh, so let's talk about black hole uh, turned wormhole. Okay. I'm going to say that has, you know what? I got to say it's plausible. That's all I got to say. It's plausible because you know what? Oh, I don't freaking know. I ain't a scientist. Uh, and I'm just saying that it's plausible because I'm, I don't have any way to rebut it. Like we don't have any evidence, but we don't have any evidence for or against it. <laughs> it's not a black hole well why do you feel that way sir i don't know yeah i just know that it's not i mean i it's still so uh not well understood that i just i don't know i can't say that it's plausible anything it's plausible wow is is it uh okay well let's talk about soap bubbles okay is it a bunch of smaller voids that coalesced uh and left these galaxies stranded and just is sort of um uh, an unusual natural happening, though. Plausible plus. Whoa! I think this is the one that makes the most sense. Um, we already know that the universe is arranged in a web-like pattern. It's filaments of galaxies uh, punctuated by voids, separated by voids. Uh, 
sure, Bootis is too big to have happened, but if it's an observable phenomenon that smaller voids can combine to make a bigger void. It's a void monopoly. It makes sense. Uh, with the, you know, if the, the, there is dark energy in the universe, there is uh, gravity in the universe. Like, it it just sort of, I think it it's the satisfies that, like, Occam's razor yeah. principle that it's, it's the simplest solution that makes sense. And so I got to give it plausible plus. And that's my verdict. Wow, Andy, you give me a lot to think about. I'll be honest. That's what I try to do here. Originally, I wrote case closed. Whoa. Case closed what? I said, much like Barnard 68, a dark nebula, I think the void is a strange space phenomenon we don't understand. Case closed. You could still say that. I still could. But With I confidence. S- but I think that... Because it's true. That's But I'd have to argue, is general. that really case closed? No, it's not. Are you doing our listeners a good service by saying, I don't, we don't understand it? No, because it's not like Roanoke or Flatwoods we where I'm- We want to know what you think, Art. In my heart of hearts, I say, there's no other explanation. Case closed. The listeners are yearning to know what you think. Listeners, just quit fucking edging <laughs> and just get over it. That's what I have to say. <laughs> Case closed. And they're just waiting. And they're sitting there edging and they're waiting for me to give my verdict. And it's just like, you know what? Fuck you. Oh, Art, you're such a verdict tease. Wait a little longer. You know, don't don't come at me with your Kegels. And as we all know, Andy, a Kegel is when you draw a hot shower and jerk off but don't come. Don't finish. Yeah. That's a Kegel. That's a Kegel. Listeners, if you weren't aware. A Kegel is when you draw a hot shower and you jerk off, but you don't finish. Listeners, uh, in full disclosure, this is a bit that Andy and I have been doing for a long time. I don't, Four years. I think the origin was just that I said that's what a Kegel was. Yeah, we were trying to have a conversation about a Kegel for some reason, and you said, oh, I know what a Kegel is. It's when you draw a hot shower and you jerk off, but you don't finish. Yeah. I said it very confidently as well. Yeah, super confidently. <laughs> Anyway, this fucking void, man. I think, uh, I think for the aliens, yeah. Well, no, no. Let's start with supercomputer AI. Okay. Oh yeah, I think I'm with you. Plausible smidge on that. I think you're right. Why would they leave those other sixty and? You know, why Why haven't they just kept consuming all the other ones? Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like for everything else, I just have to say straight plausible. Wow. I think for the two science-based ones, black hole and soap bubbles, I'm going to say just straight plausible. Okay. It is plausible that that could happen. Yeah. As I have no idea. <laughs> okay. Uh, That's fair. I think. For the aliens, I think I'm just going to say plausible minus. Okay. For the Arcturians protecting us because then, because now we're getting into this, like, dude, maybe there is a fucking fifth dimensional beings that 
are so advanced we can't detect them and they're protect and they help us. It's like, yeah, maybe, dude. I don't know. Like, yeah. Now you're now you're trying to get into some metaphysical discussion. It's like these are the divine beings, right? These are super beings. They're greater than we can't comprehend them, right? Omnipotent, yeah. Beings. Um. Yeah, I think I just have to say straight plausible. I know it's kind of a cop out. No, I I mean I get it because it's like like I said with this wormhole thing, I don't know. Like I don't think anybody knows. Like it's great that somebody could think of that, so I guess it's plausible. I think maybe the, if I had to pick, I'm gonna go with soap bubbles. Like if you put a gun to my head, which like I'm the going listeners to. are there, they have a gun to my head and they have their genitalia out furiously about to finish. <laughs> Based on they've my, been edging and they're yes. waiting for you to say they're mad because I won't give them a verdict that satisfies them and they put a gun to my head. I'm gonna pick soap bubbles. They need a verdict they can come to. Can we come to a verdict? <laughs> I was on, I had jury duty <laughs> once, and we were all able to come to a verdict. Mr. Foreman, have you come to a verdict? Oh yeah, right here in this little cup. We all did. Here's our samples, Your Honor. Who's this guy? Is he innocent or guilty? What? I don't know. It was unanimous. I'm sorry. I was I was reading porn the whole trial. We came to a verdict. Erotica. Oh my god. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna pick soap bubbles. Yeah. It's the simplest. You're right. It's kind of boring. It's not as sexy and fun as these Arcturians, as these Greys, as uh. Even a wormhole's butthole, a black hole's butthole. Yeah, yeah, the asshole of the black hole. Yeah, the but black it makes hole's black sense, hole. though. It does make sense because there's other voids throughout the planet. There's other weird phenomena. We might find out that this void isn't a dark nebula. It's not a void. It's a third thing that we didn't know existed. Yeah. Um. It is. I mean, it is. It makes sense. It's completely circular. It kind of gives into this whole, there's a sacred geometry to the universe type of thing, right? Like, this is a circular shape. It's this thing that's always... I'd say spherical. It's spherical. What's It's three-dimensional. Okay. It's still a shape. It's a shape, yeah. Um, and it makes sense. I mean, that's like the weird energy of the universe is like these weird shapes that... I don't know. We find ourselves in. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think that's all I got to say on that. All I right. Mean, this is fucking. This blew your mind today. <sighs> yeah. Now my whole head's a void. As if it wasn't before. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? I've got a lot of really useful information up there. Do we have a cricket sound effect? <laughs> like cricket sound effects. I can hear them all in my head. Oh, boy. Oh, no. Um, oh, no, no, no. Andy, is there anything else that you want to say about the Botez Void before we conclude our journey? I just want to say that uh, thanks to all our stargazers out there who do this important work of uh, trying to unravel the mysteries of the universe in which we live. Every new discovery, even if it brings more questions, 
it brings us closer to the answers. And that's important. That is important. And we'd like to thank you listeners at home. Yeah. Um, you know, let us know your thoughts on the Botez Void, what you think is going love on to hear there. What you think. Use the hashtag uh, uh, Botez Void if you think, or use the hashtag Boo Tez Void if yeah. you think it's a bunch of poppycock. I, that doesn't make any sense. No. How would we know that there was Boo Tez? Use the hashtag Booties Void. If you think we're a couple of asses. Just use the hashtag Botez Void and tweet at us at Mr. Bunker Pod. <laughs> you know what? There's no there's no need for any uh, We're not gonna We're gonna avoid a fancy hashtag yeah. on this one. Just straight up Botez Void. You tweet at us at Mr. Bunker Pod. Let us know what you think about that big old nothing in the sky. Hey, if you tell us what you think, maybe we'll we'll talk about it. If you talk to us in any capacity, we will talk about it. Oh yeah, you'll get a shout out. Get ready. Free. Get ready. Um, well, Andy, I think that wraps it up. Um, so for the titular Mister Bunker, and for my prismatic co-host Andy Hart. Wow, I'm Arthur Stone saying that was the whole enchilada. Yummy. <laughs> with comic fandom comes a show to help us remember the talents that have inspired us. Whoa, 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 cut. Oh, come on. It wasn't that bad. It's a bit dramatic. Let's just tell them about the show, guys. We are the Canned Air Podcast. Join us weekly for a comedic trip through pop culture. We also welcome some cool comic creators, as well as some of the voice and screen actors that help shape your childhood. Find us on cannedairpodcast.com and on the Evergreen Podcast Network. 